Welcome to this month's Divine Feminine Spotlight. I'm Shan Vanderleek, founder of True Balance International and the Transformation Goddess Experience. The intention of the Divine Feminine Spotlight is to share transformational stories of women who have learned to walk in beauty with the strength, courage, and pleasure of claiming their feminine sovereignty. And today it is my pleasure and my honor to introduce you to Lona Mork, award-winning author, photographer, and rebel priestess. She is a writer, a visionary artist, and Lona is here to catalyze and nourish your creative metamorphosis and help you reclaim your soul, sexuality, and personal power. Welcome, Lona. It's a pleasure to have you here for this month's Divine Feminine Spotlight. Oh, thank you so much, Shan. I'm delighted to be here. It is um, such a pleasure to watch you rise and, and to see your new book come out and to just get to know you a little bit um, online and, and to have the opportunity to share some time with you today for this interview is um, really incredible. And so I am grateful that you made the time. And I'm going to jump right in and ask you some questions and uh, we'll just take it from there. Over the last eight years or so, you've worked intimately with women's relationship to their body, sexuality, and power through photographic explorations. Tell me a little bit more about that and then also how you relate to your body, sexuality, and power. Yes, this work um, was not part of a master plan in life. It just came to me through a variety of um, coincidences in my own life. Uh, one was just a, a, an interest in, in going back to film uh, and, and taking black and white pictures. I was really interested in the light. Another situation was that I am sort of a minimalist Danish person with a, in terms of design, and I wanted to have a crazy bedroom, like a boudoir bedroom, mm. just once in my life. So I created that, and and then one thing took the other. You know, my my, uh, my husband at the time liked personal gifts, and I suddenly thought, oh, I will take pictures of me in the boudoir. So that's kind of how it all started. I had a friend come over. She took some photos, and I photographed her, and we had so much fun. And and that was the impetus to starting this work with women. Mm. And and I called it Lolo's Boudoir. It was sort of this take on Virginia Woolf's room of her own and, and, and mixing it with the French boudoirs in the 17th century where women had these very sort of decadent private quarters they called their boudoirs and that was their private space and they could do whatever they wanted in there. So... That was sort of how it all came together. Um, now, you know, a decade later, I can look at it in hindsight and go, wow, you know, it really was uh, coinciding with me in my relationship, realizing that I could not just rely on my, my partner to make me feel sexy or affirm my power or attractiveness or, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, and it was almost like, you know, I was in my, um, what was it, mid-30s, um, thinking, wow, my, my sexuality is actually something for me to figure out. It's not 
something that I figure out in relationship to another. It's actually for me to develop this relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I see that some something must have gone on in the dynamics with my partner that made me really feel the need for this private space um, together with women uh, to explore, you know, what is it with our bodies and our sexuality and our power. Um, so that became this um, deep, deep exploration. And, of course, what I discovered was I wasn't alone. You know, uh-huh. a lot of women were asking themselves the same questions, dealing with, the same issues, uh, some of them also becoming mothers or, you know. I also want to say that in the beginning of this work, I really resisted it because I was like, what kind of work is this? Like, <laughs> I'm not meant to take pictures of naked women or, you know, half-naked women. That's a weird thing to be doing. I'm meant to be out there saving the world and, you know, doing something that's a little, I don't know, bigger global, whatever, <laughs> this intimate work, what was that all about? Um, but what was really intriguing to me was when you engage with someone in that intimate space and there's a camera in the mix, it's uh, such a potent moment and space because everything about yourself, your relationship to yourself, how you feel about your body, all the stories that sto- that stored in your body, you know, whether it's eating disorder or betrayal or heartbreaks or anything really shows up in that moment as you're standing there more or less naked, you know, uh-huh. metaphorically too, naked in front of someone else and having the courage to, to get to there is big. It sure is. You know, to let yourself be seen. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of ironic because also I've discovered that we all so long to be seen by these loving, non-judgmental eyes. Eyes that are really genuinely curious about who you are and who really want to see all of you. I don't think that there's many spaces or situations in in our lives where that happens. I agree. And I've got to think that this work has been just so powerful in your sharing and, and the experience with the women that you've worked with over the last 10 years. But also for you personally, how, how has it changed you personally and how you relate to your body, sexuality, and power? <laughs> so, I mean, there's lots of aspects there, and I laugh because sometimes there's, you know, most of my clients are, well, all of them are women in all ages, all body types, you know, all contexts of life, and, and uh so they're not models, they're just ordinary women like me. And um, and I meet all these women who come in with their beautiful bodies and they start telling me about all the things they don't like about their bodies. And I'm like, hey, how am I supposed to feel about me when you're sitting there being so critical about <laughs> you to me? To me right. Like, <laughs> so we kind of, we've been in, it's been a fun 
place, it's been safe and humorous where we can kind of take the piss on our own, you know, we can make fun of our hang-ups. And right. I, can, I can, in the moment with this woman, kind of normalize a little bit around our bodies and our sexuality. And, and um, so it's sort of, it's, it's interesting. Um, what's been kind of strange to me is that I have actually for... I mean, I grew up in Denmark, so the relationship to body and image is, is very different there. At least it was when I was growing up. And uh, so I had a fairly relaxed relationship to my body and my sexuality. So it's been kind of like, what's, what's driving me here? You know, I don't really have a big trauma that, you know, would compel me to do something like this. But I think what really... I needed to do here was to heal my relationship with women mm-hmm. because when I grew up, my you know, in a sort of a classic family, mom, mom was sort of the quiet one, dad seemed to be the powerful one, but that's of course not true. But, you know, to my young eyes, that felt like, who the heck is he to be this powerful authority in our family? <laughs> I was an, I, I was a bit of a rebel, but, you know, I didn't, you know, I was kind of mad at, at the women for putting up with these men who were always teasing us, <laughs> you know, right. or being, being the, the, the authority or whatever. But also, I remember in school, you know, I grew up with two brothers, so I was kind of comfortable with the boys, but the women made me un- uncomfortable, or I should say girls. We were girls. But they made me uncomfortable because they were so catty. Yeah. And there was these cliques, uh, and, and you never really knew if you were in or out, you know, and that made me so uncomfortable. So for many years, I preferred being around the boys because it was more straight up. Sure, um, sure. And I think... You know, I think as I was, you know, growing into a woman and, and I, you know, even then I was very comfortable around men uh, and always felt like I had to be careful around women. I, I completely, I, I understand. I had a very similar experience and, and, it's, and I'm so grateful to be on the other side of it now. Yes, and what I realized, you know, and, and, and this is sort of bringing it back up to today where um, here I am creating this private space where women can come and be safe to cry and laugh and try on different facets of themselves from the, the soft, romantic, super feminine, more introverted to the more outward, assertive, seductive, don't mess with me kind of expressions and everything in between I think what I've seen through all these years is the underbelly of our society and culture and over the years I've gotten more and more mad (laughs) (laughs) yeah and I I, I, because what I've seen is how the, the culture with beauty and media and sexualizing our bodies and using it for advertising. You know, you can use your boobs and your butt to sell toothpaste and cars, and you're just like, what? 
I think for me, I saw how it translated to women's relationship to themselves and, and their sexuality and body as something outside of themselves, as, as some, some object, mm. um, it, it, not integrated. Um, as, and, you know, and then, of course, you know, every time I go to the dentist or something, I pick up magazines, and what do I see? I see these stupid articles in magazines that are supposedly to empower women, but what do they do? They talk about how to be sexy and get the man, how to now keep the man. It, it's like your sexuality is not for you. It's for you to get something. It's for you to get up the ladder. It's for you to be part of the popular tribe, whatever. Right. It's, ne it's never shown as something that's intimately and inherently part of you and the essence of you and and I think having seen it so much play out in 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 the photo studio with this intimate connection with women it just it made me mad and it made me sad I cannot tell you how many times I've been sitting in my bathtub crying oh. over over this so I think women we are trained to to kind of separate ourselves from our bodies and our sexuality and each other. Right. I think, I think what we, we are sort of aware of, but we don't really take the time to go deep into thinking about what it really does to us. But if you think about it, media, advertising, beauty industry, even the self-help industry, uh, and the therapies, and the, you know, it, they're all driving at a deep fundamental um, self-esteem, self-confidence issue. You're not enough. You're not good enough. You need to. You have issues. You need to be fixed. And we have just the right things to to fix you. But, you know that's pretty much the overall message. And in there is also this play on comparison, right? Right. Uh, you, to be part of the, the in crowd, the, the people who've got it going on, you know, you got to have this or, you know, so there's this subtle comparison, competitiveness that's keeping women separate and who the heck knows, it could be a primal biological thing after all, but, but, but I think the more we can become aware of that, the more we can kind of create this intimate relationship with ourselves, I think we are also going to see an experience that is going to dissolve this sense of separation from other women. All of us are dealing with the exact same issues, and that's what I've seen, and that, you know, and, and um, yeah, I could probably go on. This is like my <laughs> well, let's, well, well, let's, let's move on to the next question. What is the feminine path? and power to you what what how do you describe that what does that feel like what does that look like oh that's such a big question <laughs> it's interesting i think in my own life experience uh as i was growing up with a lot of male energy around me i was so intent upon being independent and equal i wanted to be just as strong and capable as the guy so i would actually do scary things Climb mountains and just, you know, <laughs> do yeah. things that scared me. Um, and I think around the end of my 20s, I was like, wow, 
what am I doing? Why am I doing all these things that, that scares me? That was kind of the beginning of a search for a more feminine path. And actually in my memoir, uh, Seeing Red, that just came out, it's about this path towards something that was more feminine and harmonious. So for me, it was becoming aware of how I was, uh, I, I like to talk about my inner patriarch, <laughs> but how I was kind of playing the masculine game of, you know, being strong and powering up and muscling up and, 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 and realizing how it was actually hurting my, my more uh, sensitive, intuitive, empathic uh, nature. Uh-huh. It was overruling it. So I had to um, go to this faraway mountain in Tibet to kind of wake up to the fact that there was another way. Mm. Um, the past, you know, it's been what? Wow, it's been probably 15 years. It has been a, a deepening into what is the feminine path for me. It, and it has gone very much through the body. Right. Um, as I started to explore my, my sensuality, my sexuality, my spirituality, it kind of sort of linked together. Um, it was realizing that, no, it wasn't me sitting down and meditating and uh, sort of ascending, escaping out of my head and upward. <laughs> you know, it wasn't. It actually went through my body. It was connecting deeper into my body and starting to learn um, my body language. And what I've come to really understand is, yeah, I play around with these words, sensibility and responsibility, because in a way, the true power for me is this beautiful body that is like a a, a compass. It constantly feeds us information about what's good and what's not good for us, Mm. what frees us, what limits us, what expands us, what contracts us. There's a, an ongoing information stream coming from this body and mind and heart. That is, that is the ultimate tapping into that. We're going to find so much wisdom and we're not going to be so hungry for needing uh, experts and gurus and, and, you know, whatever else to tell us what's true and what we need to do and what's the right way. I think the body is right here with us to tell us all the time. So that's one way. And, and then the responsibility came in as I was thinking about power and landed over in the word sovereignty because with this information that's constantly coming at you, and we can talk even about your, your energetic field, energetic exchanges that's going on between you and other people and pretty much everything, you know, that's an even deeper level to go into this and it's part of it. But your ability to be in communion with that and taking the the clues all the time and responding, Uh that is is your true power. It means you have choice all the time how you respond to what's going on with you and outside of you. So that's kind of really breaking it down to a a moment-to-moment exercise of your power, your choice, your ability to respond. Uh 
Mm, and I, I think, love it. and I yes, and I think the sovereignty is really knowing that that your domain, you know, your body, your energetic field, your home, your creative output, your everything in your life and in your field, in your universe, that is, you can think of that as your domain. And I think the, the sovereignty is really understanding that everything in this, uh, this, your inner and outer universe begins on the inside. It really does. It, it really does. Yeah, and then it's like, wow, so... I have come to, you know, I was very outward, you know, manifesting, doing this and having this and being free to have relationships and trying on jobs. And, you know, it's kind of like uh, this deepening, deepening, deepening that's happened for me to, to come to this point and understanding. I don't need to force. I don't need to push. I don't need to try so hard. Mm-hmm. I just need to pay close attention to what's going on with me on the inside. Right. And of course, you know, of course that will translate in results on the outside, but it's almost like the housekeeping and the dreaming and, and the, the action happens on the inside first. And I don't, it's not even that I sit around and visualize or meditate or, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm not actually good at, at any of those things. Or I do it all the time, in a way. Right, uh, right. It's, it's like the paying attention to your inner stream of images and thoughts, you know. It's like, what's really going on there? Mm-hmm. What am I really dreaming? How am I really feeling? Where am I moving, you know, am I moving towards something that feels freeing, that's aligned with, with who I am at core? Is is there energy in this, or is, is it stuck? You know, that's kind of, I'm always in this conversation with myself really taking apart life continuously as it doesn't work for me, you know, as I discover or as, as I grow, I have to be willing to let go of things that just doesn't fit me anymore. And and that can also be really hard. Sure. So tell me in, in all of this and in, in the way that you choose to live your life and the choices that you're making moment to moment, what are some of your favorite sacred feminine rituals? <laughs> well, I notice that no matter where I am and every time I come home and at night, I always light a candle and burn my favorite incense. It's not even that I'm thinking, now I'm having a ritual. It's not like that. I just do it. Me too. Me too. Same yeah. way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I've been, you know, I really enjoyed dancing. Um, there's this freestyle, um, five rhythms. Um, put your prayers dance locally out here, but it's around the world now. Um, that has been a, a wonderful practice for me to just move my body however it wants to move. It doesn't have to look like anything. <laughs> so, mm, that's so nice. that's been a, yeah. So that's always been even before that. I would often spontaneously bust into dancing. So that's a really good place for me to just move the energy, and it. it you know, maybe I surrender, maybe I cry, but ultimately I always very quickly get to the core of the joy. That's, you know, the joy that's living in the center of me. Um, 
I hike a lot because a lot of my process is internal. A lot of my creative process around writing and, and developing my ideas is, is mental. So hiking is really good for me because I'm on the earth. I'm out in the hills. There's wind and sun and whatever in my face. Mm. And, and I, I clear out my, my mind. You know, if you think about it, how often do you actually have new thoughts? And I right. find that you have to you have to hike for at least two hours before you can have brilliant new thoughts. Lona, tell me the inspiration for your new book, Seeing Red, and what the overall message is of your new manuscript. My memoir actually ties into everything we've talked about today. Um, it is about a pilgrimage to a sacred mountain in Tibet. I brought a group of strangers and a love interest there more than a decade ago, and that was what began my journey towards a more feminine, feminine way of being and living. What inspired me to write it, I mean, I've taken a stab at it three times over the last decade. Uh, the last time was after divorcing my ex-husband uh, about four years ago. And me going through this uh, life falling apart as I, as I knew it, uh, really getting naked with myself. Uh, and there, I suddenly realized that now this book, this story about this sacred journey to Tibet, was I was ready to write it. I was ready to write the real story. Uh, and the real story was really about my dance with power about all the ways I discovered as I looked closer and closer and closer at myself, how I would give it away, supplant it, divest it, ignore it, manipulate with it, all the ways I was interacting with my personal power and all the ways I was betraying myself. Mm. And, and, and I wrote it because in a way, I, I could have chosen so many lenses to look at this journey, but I chose it because I was shocked. You know, I have lived a very too many people courageous life. I've traveled on my own. I've been living in different cultures. I've had lots of different kinds of work and, you know, in a very free kind of way and independent. So I was shocked to see that even me, <laughs> of, course, of course, but I was shocked. Wow, it is really, really hard to stand in your power. Yeah. And then, you know, inspired by all this work with women, I could really see that it takes a willingness to get naked with ourselves, to really look at this and integrate with our own personal power um, in, in this more feminine way. So this was really what inspired me to do mm. it. And also, as I was writing, um, you know, I'd had the honor of holding this sacred space for women, for them to literally, metaphorically get naked with themselves mm -hmm. and me, um, but I really felt like maybe this is my way of giving back and giving and getting naked on the pace and really sharing how hard it is and how much it really takes us, but also what's on the other side of doing this deep work with ourselves. And on the other side is immense inner independence, immense freedom, uh, and it's not even so much about power. 
Right. It's it's more about your soul. It's more about your living integrated, all these pieces of you being all of it. Well, I look forward to reading Seeing Red and love, you know, having watched the trailer and learning a little bit more about you and uh, what you've done with this manuscript. Would love to share it on a deeper level. And I know that today you're offering a, a free chapter of Seeing Red to anybody who's listening. They can get that at L-O-N-E-M-O-R-C-H dot com forward slash seeing dash red. You can also learn more about the book at seeingreadthebook.com. Exciting that, that you've got your new book published. I absolutely love the cover, the story, the idea, the inspiration, and really, really happy for you. Congratulations. Oh, thank you so much. Oh, this you're is, welcome. Is, uh, this is a culmination of a long journey. Yeah, well. And the, the weird thing is that it's just beginning. Right. That's the fun. There's always the fun at, the, at every ending, completion. There's always a new beginning. <laughs> yeah, there sure is. There sure is. Um, I, I'd also like to let our listeners know about the online program that you brought to us called Your Sacred Journey. And appreciate your special offer to our, our listeners and our tribe at Transformation Goddess there. And we'll make sure that that's available uh, on the site as well for anybody that's interested in um, looking at Lona's Your Sacred Journey online program. Lona, thank you so much for being here today. And I feel like I could just talk to you for hours and hours and hours. And appreciate oh, you so life. much. <laughs> We're kindred spirits. I think we might be. I think we might be. Thank you. I, I look forward to having you back. I look forward to reviewing your book, and uh, we will be in touch soon. You can find out more about Lona at L-O-N-E-M-O-R-C-H dot com, and you can also learn more about Seeing Red at seeingredthebook.com. Thanks for listening. You're invited to visit transformationgoddess.com to receive Shan's enchanting four-part audio series for supportive practices to awaken your inner goddess.